Welcome to Once and Future Authors, Changing Lives One Book at a Time. I'm Stephanie Larkin, an author, independent publisher, and book coach. And each week we will be discussing processes and strategies to get your book finished and published and meet authors and publishing experts to tap into their experiences and expertise. There is one book out there that can change your life, and that is the book you write. So welcome aboard. This podcast is produced by Red Penguin Books, an independent publishing company working with authors of all genres. Whether you have a manuscript all ready to go, a book still stuck in your head, or perhaps even hundreds of handwritten sheets of loose leaf shoved in a drawer, visit redpenguinbooks.com and unleash your inner author. Welcome to the show. I'm delighted to be joined by a debut author tonight, Maureen Reed, the author of Becoming Herself. Thanks for joining us. Lovely to be with you as always, Stephanie. And a debut author. I, I know, amazing. I'm, I read the book. I'm hoping there's a lot more in there. there there's coming. Oh, good, 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 because uh, af after reading this, I'm left at the end saying, and <laughs> And that's really been, it's been fascinating to, to hear people to go, they go, what happened? They go, have to wait for the next book. Have to wait for the next <laughs> book. book. I know, it's not easy when you're leaving your, well, don't they always say in show business, always leave them wanting more. more. Absolutely. You always. absolutely did that. Unless you come to my house for dinner, I don't want that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but when reading my book, absolutely. But you certainly succeeded with the book. So can you tell us a little bit, I mean, I know what the book is right. about, but in a nutshell, because. Well, I think I think it's probably interesting for people who have of a certain age, of which I will admit to be, to talk about when it's your first book. And the book is inspired by my grandmother. And I need to always make sure it's not it is not about my grandmother. But my grandmother was an, an Irish immigrant who came over at the turn of the century, and my great grandmother died on the voyage. Now, for those of us who knew our who can remember our parents in discussions. That was about all that I was ever told. Right. Because children were to be seen and not heard. <laughs> you know, that was within the family. And it was all very, that was then, this is now, and we don't right. talk about that. Right. Nobody cared who their ancestors were. Isn't it funny? And nowadays, everybody wants to everybody know. Everybody wants to know everything. You know, and it did not happen in our family. So the other piece that I talk about when it first started, and this is a little a little odd in terms of how an inspiration comes, but um, I've always known I've had an, an angel on my shoulder, like an, an internal guide right, to, right. to bring me through. And my father died when I was when I was a toddler, so I always kind of assumed that it was my dad. So with a girlfriend and I and another friend went to a spirit, one of those spiritualists. Ooh, Ooh I yeah, love this. Which is very, very unique coming through. And she said to me, you know, there's somebody who guides you. And I nodded because I didn't want to give away too much. Right, right. And she said, it's your grandmother. And my maternal grandmother, I mean, I assumed immediately that it was my mother's mother. And that's where the inspiration came from. Wow. It was at that moment. And I didn't know then, oh, I'm now going to write a book. Right. But all right. of a sudden, there was a connection with this woman who died 12 years before I was born. Wow. So you never met Never her. met her. Um, and yet and, you have no, this connection. connection. <gasps> and she also I said... I just got chills. <laughs> I did. And, and this is, I think this is an Irish superstition, but I don't know if it's, it's true for others as well, that when the cardinal comes to call, again the woman said, it's your grandmother visiting. Yes. And there's a superstition that the cardinals have this, right. the souls. Yes. So 
I don't know if we always had this, but I swear the next year a family of cardinals <gasps> moved in. So I've had cardinals. Oh my gosh. And anytime once I started to write it, if I kind of went off like, okay, I haven't picked it up in a while, the cardinal would come and I swear would sit on the fence overlooking my kitchen window and I go, okay, or I'm back. You know, I'm going to go back, back to the haplogram. So the cardinal made you write at it. At the book. The cardinal made me sit back down at the desk I and get it that. done. I love that. So I think there is, so people say, like, where did you get the idea? It's right. like, I don't know. I think there are, and what I've learned through the process in dealing with professionals like yourself, is I think people come from this very different angles. The story comes to me. You know, which is a little like, oh my word. Um, but it's like the characters come alive. Right, and right. it's like with Margaret, it's like this is what Margaret would do. Yes. And this is what Belle would do. And this is how they would interact. And so they became very much on the paper, became very much alive to me. Um, very real to me, I, I guess is the word. Where um, others you talk about kind of sketch a whole line, you know, sketch the whole book out. Yes. This is the story, and now I'm going to fill in the blank. Right. I just, but it's also how I talk, as you know. I just start. So, so the the literary term for that is writing into the dark. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's that's the term, and I I've always, I always have my lights on. I don't know. I've always wanted to to sit down at the computer, and I'll hear people say, "I can't believe that you know Vicky just did that," and I say, "Didn't didn't you make Vicky do that?" But no. you literally would, would would sit there going, and this is what so you would didn't know. You know, I won't mention any names, but you know who might live, who might die. You didn't know. <gasps> I mean, I knew how I knew my grandmother's death is 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 very similar to right. how my grandmother died. But everybody so you else, knew like main main you know yeah, main I had, trajectory. And I did all the you know I did all the right stuff in that. Right. I had the author you know here are the main characters and the secondary right, characters. Right. What I didn't do well at, which is a lesson I think if people are doing it, particularly if my genre is historical fiction, as you know, is I didn't have a well-developed timeline. Okay. So I would start writing about the characters, and, and my husband, who was my first reader, right. and my sort of like, this doesn't work and this does work, also happens to be an English teacher, which well, helps. Well, that certainly helps um, to marry an English teacher. Very teacher, providential. Right. Yeah, very providential. <laughs> you know, his area is Shakespearean literature, so we were a little off in terms of grammar, but other than that, we were fine. Um, but all of a sudden, I had, for example, in one piece, I had a child going off to the army, and Russ's right. comment is, you know, he's six. <laughs> I'm going, all right, so that gets scrapped. <laughs> you know, so this time I'm much more careful about making sure that I know what's happening in well, terms of the timeline. Well, it's very funny you mentioned that about a timeline because I'll, I work with people who are writing strict memoir also, and the timeline is always a disaster we, to the point that I, I let's start with the timeline. Thinking, how could this become such a <laughs> Yeah, at least mine was fiction. I, mean, right, I knew exactly. where I was when I was supposed to be there at that certain right, time. Right, right. You, you were at least making you know, it up. up. But it, it's a very interesting, um, and the other question I've been asked, and I, I'm preempting you in terms of questions. Oh, jump, right, you answer jump all in. my questions before yeah. I get started. I'll Someone just said, did you take, um, what kind of creative writing classes did you take? I have an MBA in marketing. <laughs> it's like none. And like yeah. marketing could be. You know, it was like this was not something that, I would, that I've been trained to do. Right. And right. I think that's really a difference in terms of people who see this as their full-time career and those of us who've come to it as a time when you go, this is really what I want to do right. and a creation and a project that I want to take on. But I haven't, my life hasn't led up to it. Although, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I, I'm going to run the statistics one day and see how many um, 
people who have a degree in writing became writers and how many professional writers don't have degrees Increase. in writing. I'm sure that there's, I'm, it's at least it's equal. equal. Yeah, and one of the things I'm finding in terms of I'm paying more attention to it, and, and as you know, I worked with lawyers um, almost all my career, um, it's not uncommon to have writers have a law degree. Yes, absolutely. Because we write, the, right the word and write is, and the, write. and what the word means is critical. It is. And Oh, commas. especially in lawyers. That's right. And commas are critical. Yep. Commas you put are it critical. Uh, yeah. Punctuation yeah, matters much so, more than in a novel. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So those are, I think, those are kind of the the overall lesson sitting, you know, six months into having this actually coming out with my name on it. Right. Um, has been quite... It's been quite the journey. I refer to it as it's quite the journey for people to undertake. That's really fantastic. a great journey. Yeah. Um, full of all kinds of surprises. And I think the biggest one, and, and you and I have talked about this at length, is that to understand that it's a business. We were just having this yes. conversation. Well, certainly there's writing books and there's selling books, and they are very, very different conversations. And uh, I always feel that I, I hate the fact that they're both out there. I want somebody like yourself to have such incredible pride. I mean, you wrote a book. Wow! And, and a damn good one, yep. too. You know, and I am just so dazzled by that. And I almost hate that other half of the equation, the selling books part, because I would never want an author such as yourself, who have, has done such an amazing job here, to ever have their self-esteem and their image as a writer, their, their self-talk, right. demeaned by book sales. Because quite honestly, book sales has so little to do with qualitative writing, it's unbelievable. And, um, and that is not to say that all books that are selling are badly written. I certainly don't mean that by any stretch of the imagination. But there are fabulous books out there that, of course, are undiscovered gems. Right. And just as there are terrible books out there that are selling like hotcakes, um, the, the two things, the quality of the book and the book sales, sometimes have absolutely nothing to do with each other. And that's why I said I would never want someone's self-esteem in doing such an accomplishment. I mean, this is huge. Amen. I know I had mentioned to you that um, there was a poll put out by you know, Writer's Digest asking people what their biggest goal in life is. And 90% of the people polled said writing a book. 90% of the people on the street want to write a book. And yet, this many. You and this many people did it. I think that's amazing. Well, and I think when you start out, I mean, and I think it depends on where you are kind of in the cycle of, right. of career and, and life and, and what's happening. One of my objectives in writing the book was a legacy. I have four granddaughters and was a legacy to those four girls. I love that. And oh, boy, do I love that. I think if, you know, one of the lessons is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't, your age, where you are, yes. what's going on. You can do what, you know, what I've said to our, our, our oldest granddaughters, a young girl's dream becomes a woman's vision. Yes. And that's what I want to live with. And I just signed, it's the end of the school year in terms of thinking about and they gave my book to their teachers and asked me to sign their books for their teachers. Isn't that fabulous? I don't have to sell any more than those four books. Right. Well, that's, that's just yeah. what is so amazing. Yeah. 
is that, and my mother read your book, dazzled <laughs> by it. But, um, you know, and that's why I said the thing I did about book sales. Those four books, not just that those people are going to love them, and I know they will, but that your granddaughters nice. want more than anything a signed copy of your book is a treasure. Sure. Yeah, you can't, you can't, there's not a price tag to put on that request. There's you know, just not and, a price tag. And you've had, before, before this dazzling uh, <laughs> six months, you know, a very high-powered career, an MBA, you know, the whole, you know, Manhattan no. suite uh, Yeah, the whole McGillicuddy, as me would say. The whole thing. And yet, I would bet that if I asked your granddaughters, what are they most proud of their grandma? Oh, well, they understand it. It's, you know, I'll share the story that I know we, we, again, that we've talked about and you've heard, is I worked big-time corporations, I worked for international law firms, traveled extensively for them, did very well. And I would tell people I would do that, and they'd go, oh, <laughs> you know, where do I get, where's the ice? Right, you right. Know. You tell people you've written a book, and it's a game changer. Right. What did you write? And I am selfishly, not selfishly, selflessly self-promoting the book. Good for you. So I'm getting a Good for you. I'm getting a pedicure last week, and a woman's <laughs> reading a book. I go, what kind of books do you like to read? Just chatting. You know, we both have our feet in the water. And she said, I just like good fiction. Do I have a book for you? Absolutely. You know, and so it becomes a topic of conversation um, yes. with people and good topics of conversation. Right. What do you like to read? What have you read? Have you read this? What exactly. are you reading now? And so there is, I think, connections that readers make yes. with each other. And as an author, you can start those conversations even easier. And people are interested in your views. Isn't because all of a sudden, now I'm, now you now have I'm views. an expert. You're an expert, exactly. I'm an expert on writing. I don't like this writer. What did I know? I have an, an MBA. You, you go know. into all these book clubs now. <laughs> you have all these events. You're an expert. Right. You know, and that's how people see it. But it's been... It's been great. It is great fun. I don't say it has been. It's great fun, um, and it's a great learning opportunity. It's That's like wonderful. there's always something new, always something new to learn that who knew. Now, let me ask you, now that you're an expert, um, are you a grammar Nazi? You know, <laughs> no, and that's really what I had to pay people to help me with. Oh, that's funny. You know, I... I you're married to an English teacher. Right. He's well, I over comma. Okay. I over comma, um, and I still think the semicolon is something that should be used. And so <laughs> yeah, I, and we think we should ban those things. Right, <laughs> and so I think I had to really have, and that was part of learning the business, is really having somebody come in who not only is a, uh, an, a, a gram grammarian and understands right, right. it, but actually understands what the new world is. Grammar has grammar. changed. You know, and go figure. Who knew that grammar right. would change? And I grew up diagramming sentences. Right. You know, it's the adverb and an adjective, and what you know, yes. what can an adverb do? And you know, now people are going, oh no, nobody, nobody does that any longer. It's like, <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I didn't know that. So you really do have to, you have to have somebody take a look at your manuscript who has that critical eye yes. and doesn't care about the content yes. as much as you know, do away with dashes. Right. And we no longer put two spaces after a period either. <laughs> Sorry. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? That's what somebody told me. I'm going, what? <laughs> you know. I feel like sometimes in my own office we spend more time taking out the double, double spaces. spaces. <laughs> and I still, it's an automatic with me to double yeah. space. 
and it's automatic. So, no, but those are the kinds of things. Nobody does that anymore. But the world has changed. You know, the world but has changed. But look at you with a book. You are right there with the world. As I said, with help from, from people who made <laughs> sure that I was on the right track. Now, um, if all things were, were equal, and I, would you prefer, because, you know, everyone wants to know, how did you do it? Do you write at the computer? Do you write with a pen and paper? <laughs> do you dictate? There are people who are dictating now, text to, uh, you know, voice, uh, voice to text. text. So I don't have the quill and pen. No I mean, quill, a quill and pen, pen okay. so that was the good news. I, I, I am working with someone who is doing that. that. So. Um, I do, I'm right on the computer. Okay. But what I have done, or working on now for the second book, is when I'm doing my research, I'm dictating. Oh, okay. So if I'm reading something that it goes, okay, this is what happened. For example, I'm looking at the Irish Civil War right now. So I'm reading about it, and it's like, okay, here are the dates. Here's what was going on. Here are the characters. And suppose, instead of having to type it out, mm -hmm. I can dictate That's it. That's right. And much faster. And it just goes right into text. It just goes right into text. You Not always perfect, but right. yeah. But better than... Better than typing. I'm a terrible typist, typing. so better than typing. You know, but most everything else is just me and the computer. And the computer and I actually have a relationship at this point. Well, I would imagine, especially since you do, as I mentioned, write in, into the dark, right. which I'm just blown away <laughs> at the thought of sitting down at a computer and letting your fingers do the work. Tell the story. Well, it, you do have an idea of where it goes on. You know, a walk in the park, a walk on the beach, you'd go, well, I wonder what so-and-so would be doing, or how do I move the story from here to there? And then the mind takes over, Right. but then the fingers go into action. Yes. So it's a, it's a process. It's not just a blank screen and, okay, here I go. It's like, okay, there's a scene in my head, or there's a dialogue, or there's a conversation. How would, right. how would that move the story, or what would happen during that time? You know, so those are, so it's a combination of the two, but it's not I don't have the outline in front of me, wow. but I didn't do I didn't do my thesis with an outline, so that's kind Look of at how this. You, you just like to. That's how the brain works. <laughs> you just like to fly without a net, don't you? You know, it's really how my brain works. Now, since you do have that kind of a relationship with your computer, are, do you work on one computer and just one, just the one, just the one? And if something happens to that computer, we're not getting a second book out of you, are we? Well, no, we have it backed up. <laughs> no, 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 no. Remember, I have an MBA. No, 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 we, we're backed up. That. And I'm in the cloud and all of the oh, other good, kind of good. good stuff coming back and forth now. Because that's frightening. See, you're embracing the new. Oh, absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. Very 21st cloud, century. Yes. Very 21st century. Um, sometimes frighteningly so when you start thinking of just how quick everything changes and right, um, right. all the technology. But now all of that's in case in point. But I still need to, I still need to read in print. Yes. When I proof, I still have to hold the paper. Oh, I agree. I agree. It's yeah. a very different experience reading on screen and reading right. in print. And the newest thing, and again, this is a hint, and I did not do this for this book. I'm doing it now for the second, is that in Word, you can have it read back to you. That shows it's off fabulous. everything. Fabulous. Oh, my goodness. And the man talks just like this, so it's every word you hear. But you're listening yes. to what you've written as opposed to Hearing, seeing it. Seeing it. When you Brilliant. see it, you see what you want to see. Right. That's a fabulous tip, and it's, I, I, it's, it's I, a really good tip. You know, certainly want our viewers to know that that's a great tip. Is that, you know, after you've written something, have it read back to you. Not even reading. We used to say, read it out loud yourself. Yeah. There's nothing like reading something out loud to find all the mistakes, but having it read back yeah, to you even much so, stronger. because it it doesn't correct. We all self correct. 
Yes, when you're head. Well, I meant this. I meant to say this. Right. It's like, but that's not what you said. I also would recommend it for people who are writing anything to do that, whether it's an email or a note to somebody. Is that exactly what I wanted to say to that person, or is that the tone Ooh. I wanted to carry it? So. It's, oh, it's aren't a, you good? <laughs> I could just see everybody with a text message having it played Play back. back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I'm not sure in what alternate reality we have, have time, time for, that. for that. That's it. It's not <laughs> happening. But it, and I lived in the old world where people were sending emails, and I would, you know, it's they like were sending letters. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Wow. When was the last time somebody sent a letter? Somebody wrote a letter. I mean, we're losing. That's another whole story. It, we're we losing, are losing a, a lot. A whole. A whole way of doing his of history. I mean, you look it's at the great, true. you know, the Doris Kearns Goodwins, the John Meachams. I mean, they're going to original sources right. to find their to find that this wonderful book or this idea coming out of of those great minds. And you know, this generation, and it's like, yes. where are they maybe on Twitter, who knows? Yet, yet this generation, or at least in modern times, where where a book like yours fits in so well. Everybody's doing that ancestry thing right. and finding out, you know, back when it was your grandmother or your mother, they didn't talk about it. And now we all want to find out who was, was with who. Home. Yeah, and what we, you know, I have a third cousin six times removed. It's right. like, well, so do I. I mean, they were part of, I grew up upstate New York where everybody was kind of related, right. you know, back and forth. <laughs> but you just, you know, my mother would say their shirt tail. I oh, had shirt okay. tail relations, which meant, yeah, well, there was a connection, but... You could go out with them if they asked. Oh, that's very funny. <laughs> you know, oh, not. yeah. I guess if you live in a small town upstate, you do have to ask, "Can I go out with this person?" That's right. You know how close how close of a line that's is it coming funny. back and forth? But they would be called shirt tail relations. I never they, heard that term before. I had a lot of shirt tail relations. I'm you know, so, sure you did. You know, so I had eighteen. I had eighteen first cousins that were nearby. Eighteen first cousins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, you know, my mother was one of eight. My father was one of nine. So, right. you know, so in large, a large extended family. We were only three, but a large extended so family. There's a lot of books coming. A lot in. of books coming. A lot of name. A lot of names to be put in. Most of the characters um, have my family's names in them. You know, so it's it's, it's so it's kind of fun to see. Right. Kind of fun to do. So you took the name and you took this. I'll, I'll almost call it a spiritual connection. Hmm. That's yeah. And, go with that. And, um, and turned it into a book. <sighs> yes. Or I was the conduit for the book to be done. The but, conduit. Now, you know. um, have you been visited by cardinals to tell you whether you did a good job? <laughs> we still have the family. We still have the family Okay, around, so, so they I haven't left. A, they haven't left, which is a good sign. The book is published, published, and they haven't left. And they haven't left. So I think that's... Um, I think that's a good sign. Okay. I think that's a good sign. I, I was wondering if you've gone back to the uh, psychic no, or no, medium. No. It was only that one time. Bring her a copy and say, right. did I do it right? And it was just, and it's not something, I think it was the first time I've ever done it. It was the only time, but it was, it stuck, clearly stuck with me. You right. know, it was really the connection that I made the connection with Margaret. It's funny, I've never been to one. My, my daughter likes going and always wants me to go. Now I'm terrified I'm going to get more work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what did you fail to do? What do you yeah, need to do Yeah, that's next? what I'm, you know, somebody from my past is going to say, uh-huh. You, you know, know, and it, it was, yeah, finish. and, you know, who knows? I mean, they have all of these psychic nights, and it's not something that I would. Right, um, it's not your usual. usual thing. But this was, you know, this was an event that clearly made the copy. difference. Signed. If I could only remember her name. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, that was it. I have she no idea what her yours. name was. Yeah, she remembers <laughs> mine. She remembers mine. But it was a, it was a, it was a turning point. It was an That's event that amazing. made the difference. So it was a little, a little different for me. Now tell me something. Uh huh. How long after that turning point did we end up with a book? Oh, a lot of years. Yeah. Um, boy, I don't even know. I would say five, five to seven years. Because at that point, I mean, I didn't walk away going. There's a book. A book you right now. And I cannot tell you the date that I decided that I was going to write a book. It just became, I'm going to write a book. You know, so it wasn't this, there was no epiphany. Okay. You know, you didn't it wasn't wake like up a good morning, morning and say, you know, um, it was interesting. We were in Ireland. We've been to Ireland a number of times, but we were down in Kinsale. It was probably about five years ago. And I think that's really where the book started to come to life for me. We went into, we went into Cobb. Cob, which had been Queenstown, mm -hmm. which is where, and we're not very good, when I say we, I'm referring to my husband, very good museum people. You know, it's like a half hour, 45 minutes, and then let me go <laughs> do something, which not just be right. hit with it. And there's a museum, if people know, the Titanic Museum is right. in that town, but there's also one that talks about the transportation, the water transportation. They showed the famine ships, and then it moved up in terms of the ocean liners. And I think that was actually the time, that Kinsale experience, which the book came, like, this is what I was doing. Wow, I love um, that. And, you know, there was, I mean, one of the things, and I'm not going to give too much away the book, but as I said in the book, my grandmother gets adopted, which is true. But she gets adopted by a German farm family. And so, and I'm going, well, how would that have happened? You know, right, why would right. they have why? come? Why did this? So, so how she gets fill in the blanks. Yeah. So how she got there, got to the orphanage. I mean, it's clearly right. the work of fiction. But I was, you know, again, thank you, the internet. <laughs> what did we do before the? I internet? have no idea because at one point there was an orphanage for German girls. Wow. In Buffalo, New York, which is where my grandmother was adopted from. So, you know, there's no record of anything because nobody kept records at the turn of the 20th century. Um, but in going, that's where she's going to come from. Now, I've got to get her there, which right. is the part of the fiction. Yes. And I'm not sure whether it's true or not, but right. prove me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that. But it, it's, and I think that's the other piece that was interesting during this time when you start researching it, is how there were records of nothing. I mean, children could just be adopted. Yeah. I mean, right, right. Just take them. Take them. Today, to go into oh. our our granddaughter's sixth grade graduation, we had to show proof. Exactly. Now, I think I look like somebody's grandmother. <laughs> I mean, it's like, but we had to show our ID. In those days, it's like, I'll take you, yeah. and out they go. Right, right. I'll take the and blonde. Then, right, <laughs> that's right. And there's no record keeping of anything being done after that. So it's, right. you know, it's, and granted, I mean, life has changed in, in so many ways, some for the better, some for the worse. But, you know, we had no, there was no record keeping. Absolutely, there's no record keeping coming through. So unbelievable. It's um. So you know. So Margaret, Margaret came to me in bits and pieces. But Kinsale would be probably the time that we were in Kinsale and took tours from there. We stayed actually there for over a week. Is probably when the book started to formulate for me. And here it is in my hands. I know. Now, where can our viewers find it? Oh, Amazon.com. Amazon.com and, <laughs> and you Goodreads. Have and Goodreads, and also Maureen Reed Author, right? Dot com, and becomingherself.com, and becomingherself.com, and I know at uh, the website there's also recipes. 
That's I right. love that. Recipes and all sorts of historical background on the book right. at MaureenReadAuthor.com and at BecomingHerself.com. Absolutely. Well, I hope you read the book. It's a fabulous, fabulous read, and I hope you, like our author, if you have a book inside, you'll also unleash your inner author. Thanks so much for joining us for Once in Future Authors. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Reviews help other interested listeners to find the show, so your review could launch new books every day. Thanks again for joining us, and happy writing!